It was a cold winter morning at 7.30 a.m. Gray clouds hung heavy in the sky, threatening in the horizon to drop more snow. Tanvir got out of bed, subconsciously grabbing his cane as he got ready to walk. It had been six months, and walking had become easier. The cane took a while to get used to. For the longest time, he was actually embarrassed to use it. But now, he rarely even thinks about it. Leaving the room, he went to the kitchen and got breakfast. It was simple, the same bagel he'd have every day and the same coffee. He barely paid it attention. He was on absolute autopilot. He had obviously switched jobs, now working in a doctor's office, which as a kid would have disappointed him since he always dreamed of being a detective, but this would have to do. But he had honestly made peace with that, as if he really enjoyed his job before everything happened. The only thing he missed from that job was the co-workers he befriended and, of course, his work partners. By eight, he was getting dressed. He wore simple scrubs, retrieved from the hamper, and went to the bathroom to put his hair in a bun. Tying his hair back was always a nightmare, regardless of the job or age, but he's always thought of it as worth it. And while the waist-length hair tied up in two hair ties looked a bit silly, he hardly cared. And coming out into the living room, he got reminded of his promise, next to the door with his keys. He bit his lip as he remembered, but staying true to the promise, he grabbed the gift, the keys, and left. It was 8.15 when Tanvir came out. Outside, the clouds appeared lighter, but it was still ready to drop a storm. Traffic was steady and precautious for the current weather, making Tanvir scoff slightly. He walked to the curbside with his keys, obnoxiously decorated by keychains and several actual keys for various purposes. And after unlocking his car, he stepped through a slushy puddle and onto the road. He entered the sleek, cold car and easily inserted the key. It sputtered to life, heating up in the midwinter dawn. The drive never took that long, at least if traffic wasn't that bad. In fact, the office was only 10 minutes away. But Tanvir promised himself he'd leave far earlier than usual today. And as he drove, his heart began to pick up and he snapped out of autopilot. Why am I nervous? He asked himself. He glanced at the missing passengers and added to himself, This shouldn't be scary. <laughs> Nothing is going to happen, Tanvir. You know that. He hadn't been able to go to the graveyard for a while. Once everything calmed down with the police and hospital, he tried to rest. That night had destroyed him for months, and even now as he drove, his hands couldn't help but clam up. After Tanvir killed Pataki, the power in the house had shifted. And when he left, it was the same exact house the team had come to on the first day. When he discovered this, he allowed himself to have one final victory over the house. Or at least, took one extra precaution to keep the demon down. Tanvir lit the house on fire and stumbled out before the police would come. For the next hour, he'd tell the police the house caught fire and he was the only survivor. And as Tanvir tried to escape, he had received a puncture wound from debris. He only avoided suspicion because of his own condition, where they assumed the dried oil and sludge was dirt or ash. And soon after, he would be taken to the hospital. Over the next month, he'd recover and meet his friends' families. And as sad as he was to meet them through a funeral, he appreciated their kindness and his presence. But now, he'd have to mourn alone. Tanvir almost wished he'd come more prepared, though. He didn't know how he would have done that. Hell, he didn't even know how to do this normally, regardless of who it was. But honestly, no matter what he did, Tanvir would have not felt ready. And as the church showed up in the distance, he took a hard swallow. He pulled into the parking lot, stray rocks crackling underneath the small car's tires. Tanvir cut the engine and listened to the whirring noise of the car cooling down. He stopped and fidgeted with his hands. It was sitting there on the passenger side, barely having moved during the car ride. Come on, you do it super fast. Just say a few words, put the thing down, then leave. This isn't going to be hard. He stayed in the car for a few more minutes, but eventually sighed. He grabbed the flowers and his cane and then left the car. Looking out, he could see a snow-dusted graveyard that stretched for hundreds of feet. In the distance, he could see towers and mausoleums from people and families long since gone. He walked up to the gate and reluctantly went in. Tandir was always freaked out by graveyards and was a little disturbed by the idea of being around dead people. And up until now, he never really had a reason to go to a graveyard. So, 
As he entered in and walked down the pebble path, he tried to feign confidence as someone who knew what they were doing. Luckily, Tanvir didn't need to ask for directions. He remembered the location from the last time he visited and followed down the gravel path. Down a bend and after a left and right, he came upon a flat plot of land. It was about 15 by 15 feet, with a tree to frame off the square. And before him were several rows of small pieces of marble. On each of them were dates and names. He walked through, more hesitant and coordinated. He was afraid of disturbing anything or anyone that might be trying to rest. But after a few rows, Tanvir found them. A moment of recognition and warmth stung his system as he came over, and finally, he stood before them. There were two slabs about three feet away from each other, and while they were under snow, small imperfections and uneven ground let them poke through a bit. And, using that, Tanbir wiped the snow away to reveal the engravings. Theodore Joseph Bernardi, 1984-2009 And Jeremy Quinn Rainmaker, 1982-2009 Tanvir gripped the cane instead of his clammy palm. His lip quivered for a second, contemplating how to start this or greet them. If he should greet them at all. But he took a quick breath and forced himself. Hello, Teddy. Hello, Jeremy. Um, it, it's, it's been a while. I'm, I'm sorry about that. I just haven't had the means to come and my health and I... I didn't know if I could do this. To be completely honest, I, I didn't know if I was ready again. The first time was hard enough, but I, I, I had to visit today. He stopped. Obviously, he knew there wasn't going to be a response, yet he still anticipated one. Tanvir continued. I, 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 uh, have a new job. It's just an office job, though. Nothing crazy. Uh, that's, that's why I'm in these stupid scrubs, actually. He felt selfish for talking about himself, but that's all he could do. He felt embarrassed telling them this. He felt selfish for talking about himself, but that's all he could do. He knew that they weren't really there. He knew their real resting place would be where the damn house burned. But he couldn't admit that to himself. He pretended like this would work. Pretended that this is what he was supposed to do. All to hide the fact that he wanted to tell them all this, but never could. He pretended he was following a script to avoid the fact he missed them. I'm sorry, I I'm not good at this. I, I just don't know what to say. I know it can come back any time, but... He avoided saying he couldn't, so stopped. He regrouped himself. Tanvir knew Teddy would have tapped him upside the head and told him to say what he wanted. And while he subconsciously laughed at the idea, he took that into consideration. I, I miss you two. I, I know it's been six months, but it's still been so hard. You two honestly made work worth it, and I, I don't know if I could have made it this far without you guys. I tried to make your guys' rest as easy as possible. They... <laughs> They actually wanted to pin you, Teddy, for starting the fire, but swore up and down against it. But I won't lie. Doing this has been a lot on me. And as much as I wish you guys were here to sort of help with that, I guess, I, I think it'll be worth it if it means you're okay. Tanvir tried to kneel down as best he could to put two bouquets of flowers on either stone. He looked between them. Teddy, I, I wish we could have spent more time together. I wish I didn't taunt you or fight you as much as I did. I, I know you cared about us and the job, and I wish I could have told you how much I appreciated that. Jeremy, you've been a great friend to me since I joined. And I wish I could have seen more of your creative side and, and, and talked to you more. But what we did talk about and do together, I'll never forget. You were wonderful to be around, and I hope you knew how much I loved to spend time with you. Tanvir rapidly blinked back tears and looked away. Oh. Oh, I was not expecting this. Um, 
Tanvir was afraid of getting emotional, and the fear was only confirmed as he began the crack. These were things he had never said before, never out loud at least. And as his regrets were released, he felt this weight come off of him. Tanvir didn't know if what he said mattered. He, he doubted if he was being honest, but as he continued to thank them and tell them about their families, he realized how much he needed this. Just to admit everything and get everything off his chest. It was liberating, almost, to talk about trauma only they knew about. It was 8.45 when he was finished. His face had dried tears stuck to it, and his face was a little red. He had a calm smile on his face, one of content and bittersweetness. Tanvir promised to come back, and with one last glance back, he said goodbye. And as he walked back to the car, he listened to the pebbles crackle under his steps and the first few snowflakes of the new year fall. Thank you so much for listening to House Call. My name is Sprite, and if you'd like more art and updates, you can follow me at MKG Sprite Stain on Instagram and Twitter.